If you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold your hand up if you didn't bring a Bible with you. And go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew chapter six. Matthew six and verse 33, for some weeks now when I've been with you, we've been talking about seeking the kingdom. And I'd like to continue in this this morning. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, let's back up to the previous verse. Verse 32. He had said, After all these things do the Gentiles seek. And he was talking about what we'd call making a living or a comfortable living or retirement or taking care of you and your family, your housing, your food and drink and clothing and all those kind of things. After all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. I've heard some people say, well, you know, we might not, maybe we don't, we think we need it, but we, maybe we don't need it. No, the Bible said God knows you need it. So then you need it. But he goes on to say, verse 33, don't, don't seek after that. Don't let that be your priorities and your pursuit. But seek rather first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, uh, the righteous, the yus on the end of right, that's old English. We don't talk like that today. We'd probably just say rightness. And where God's kingdom is manifest, you will see what is right being done. And everything that God does is right and good. And so you seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways of living, doing, being, everything he is and does and has is right and good. And if you'll do that, all the things that the world's seeking after trying to get, and oftentimes not being successful in getting it, even though you're not seeking the things, you'll have them. They'll be added to you, but they'll not be added to you while you were seeking the things. You were seeking the kingdom. And God added the things to you. Can you see this, friends? Do, do you believe the words of Jesus here? Is this true and right? It is. Now, like we've said before, a lot of Christians know this verse, but they emphasize only the last part. All these things will be added to you. That's God's part. All these things being added to us, that's not our part. And it doesn't, that part doesn't apply to us unless we do the first part. Who are all these things going to be added to? Those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we shouldn't be, yeah, we should thank God that the last part of the verse is true and that we can count on God. But uh, after thanking God for a couple of minutes on that, we need to get on our part, right? And get on doing uh, the seeking first of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that as surely as we do that, God's faithful. He's going to do that other part. Well, what is the kingdom of God? And how do you seek it? If we don't know, how are we going to do it? First of all, like we've already gone over a lot of this, so if you haven't been with us, this is the first time in this series with us, 
Go to the Word Supply and get the previous messages. Go online. It's the easiest, quickest way. Download it. It won't cost you anything. Get caught up with us. How many that have been here would tell them it's worth their time to do so? It is very, very important. What is the kingdom of God? Also referred to as the kingdom of heaven. Well, a kingdom is the king's dominion. It's what the king exercises reign and authority over. What the king exercises rule over. Well, what does God exercise rule over and control over? Many Christians and church-going people would immediately respond, everything. God's in control of everything. God rules over everything. And ultimately, that is true. Ultimately. But if you're talking about right here and now on the earth, it's not true. God is not reigning over everything down here. Well, let me ask you, is he reigning over everybody down here? Is everybody following Jesus' direction as Lord of their life? Well, then his reign, his dominion does not include them at this time. Now, if you'll back up to the ninth verse. Now, I know that doesn't sound good to folks that have grown up in church anity. Instead of the Bible. But don't take my word for it. Uh, See what the scripture says. Is it true or not? Satan you know is called the God of this world. Jesus referred to him as the prince of this world. Three or four times in the book of John. 2 Corinthians 4.4 he's referred to as the God of this world. Ephesians refers to him. And the devil he's acting like this is his. And he's doing everything he can to control it. And he is largely in control of it through men, ungodly men. I know a lot of folks don't like that. They want to say God's in control. Well, if God's in control, he's got it in a mess. Are we sure that God's responsible for the mess that this earth is in? Are we sure about this? No, you can see it clearly. Psalm said, the heaven, even the heavens, is the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of men. He gave us this and we've messed it up. (laughs) Don't despair. He's got a plan. (laughs) He's going to fix it. (laughs) In verse 9, when they asked the Lord about how to pray, he gave us this. Widely known as the Lord's Prayer. He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The way to begin is to understand who you're praying to and have some kind of concept of who he is and how great he is. Hmm? Our Father. Hallelujah. Not just cold God, but Father. Hallowed. Everybody say hallowed. 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 Holy and to be reverenced, revered, respected, honored is or be your name. And the first thing he said to ask was what? Verse 10. This is now you're asking for something here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Now there is so much revelation in this verse, like all the verses. So much. But if the kingdom has already come in the sense that nothing else of the kingdom needs to come, then you wouldn't need to pray this. And if God's will is already being done in its entirety through the earth, then you wouldn't need to pray that his will would be done. Right? You'd just say everything that's happening is the will of God. God's will is being done no matter how awful it looks and how terrible it seems. Must be the will of God. Religion has taught this. It's not true. It's contrary to the Bible. There's all kind of stuff happening down here that's not the plan of God and not the will of God and not pleasing to him. It's because man has a free will and man has chosen to disobey God and the repercussions of that is death and curse. In the beginning, God created everything. And what did he say when he got through creating it? What did he say about it? It's good. It's good. It's very good. How many believe the weather was perfect in the garden? There were no problems. There was no disease. There was no, no sickness and problems. Now fast forward to the book of Revelation and look at the end. You know, when man fell, then came in sin and curse and death, all of that was not an improvement on God's original plan, was it? Or his original design. But then, when you look at the end, we see God's got a plan to fix this thing. There's coming a time. Have you read in the book of Revelation? There's coming a time when there's going to be new heavens and new earth. And in it, there's going to be no more curse, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more dying, no more crying. Doesn't that sound similar to how the thing started? This has always been God's will. And, and notice this in Matthew 6.10. Look at it again. 6.10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? In earth. How? Does God have two separate wills? One will for heaven and a different will for earth. Well, is earth operating just like heaven is right now? (laughs) You don't have to think about that one too long. Huh? Well, if God has one will and it's his will that his will in heaven be done on earth, what does that show you? It shows you that his will is not being done. In the earth until it's like heaven. Now in heaven. How's the weather? Think so? How many tornadoes they have in it? Or earthquakes? Typhoons? Tsunamis? Hurricanes? Absolutely none. 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 How about the crime rate in heaven? Hmm? Crime rate. Are there parts of heaven you shouldn't go after dark? Unless several people are with you. Huh? (laughs) Absolutely not. Zero crime. How about disease? How much cancer in heaven? AIDS? Heart problems? Absolutely none. None. How much lack in heaven? People with their needs not being met. People hungry. People doing without. Absolutely not. You know why? Because God is in complete control there. And his will is being done completely there. And all the stuff that you see down here 
where all the destruction and all the sorrow and all the pain, that's not God's will being done. He's not reigning over that. He's not ruling over that. So how do we get in the kingdom and the kingdom get in us? Very simple. You bow your knee to the king of kings. Come on, are you listening? And you invite him into your heart and your life. Come on, do you believe it? And you confess him as Lord of your life and you begin to seek his will and plan for your life and you yield yourself to do what he said, his way. And if you do that, then he will be reigning in your life. And we see when he is reigning, then his will and works are done. That's why he told the disciples, you go into a place and heal the sick. And when you do, you say, the kingdom of God is here. You go into a place, you minister deliverance to people that are oppressed, get them free. And then you say, the kingdom of God is here. Why would you say the kingdom of God is here? Why? Because it's not God's will for people to be sick and oppressed. It's his will for them to be free. And when you see them get free, you know the kingdom of God is manifest right here. God's will is being done. Can you see that? Because that's what's right in his eyes. Free and healed and, and blessed is right in God's eyes. We seek what God says is right. And so we have allowed God to rule over us. And immediately then we should seek his rule to extend beyond us. To the rest of our family, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our neighbors. How many want to see God actually reign all around you so that his will is being done in the earth like it is in heaven? Now there's coming a time soon when every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. And the glory of the Lord is going to cover this planet like the waters cover the sea. And he will be completely in control. That time is not yet. Should be obvious to us. It's not yet. But it's coming. And how many are so thankful that God's graced us to have the understanding to bow our knee now. <laughs> now. And not wait till possibly too late. Go with me please to the book of. Uh, you're there in Matthew. Go to the 13th chapter please. Matthew 13. Now uh, this 13th chapter of Matthew. Is just full of revelation concerning the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. You'll see if you haven't read it. Take the time and read it. And every time it says kingdom, notice it. And, and the Lord is giving us illustration after illustration, example after example of what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like, how it operates, how it functions, how we're to understand it. And of course, if we're going to seek first the kingdom, we need to understand what the kingdom is, how to seek it. For time's sake, just go to verse 44. Verse 44 Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man has found, he hides, and for joy thereof, everybody say for joy, for joy joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Why is Jesus telling us this? Because this is what the kingdom's like. This is what you do in the kingdom. 
Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Keep going. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Somebody say, this is the way the kingdom of God is. Hallelujah. Let me read the Young's literal translation of this. Young's literal. Verse 44. Again, the reign of the heavens is like to treasure hid in the field which a man having found did hide and from his joy goes and all as much as he has he sells and buys that field. Now he's not sad that he's having to liquidate. I guess I'll get it. It's going to cost me everything. But I'll give it up for Jesus. <laughs> no. No, anytime you see and hear that kind of thing, it's not right. That's not the right spirit. It has to do with seeing what's truly valuable. And when you see it and you know it, you're only too glad to sacrifice whatever it takes to get it because it's worth it. Can you say amen? The scripture says in 1 Corinthians, we've been reading there recently, that, um, well, in fact, just turn there, 1 Corinthians 2. It said, uh, he was talking about natural versus spiritual in this passage. He said, uh, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 2, 12, we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now what you're going to see as we finish reading this, spiritual people value spiritual things. Carnal, natural people value natural things more than spiritual things. This is one of the big indicators of whether a person is spiritual or carnal. Carnal people value natural things more than spiritual things. Spiritual people value spiritual things more than natural things. Verse 14, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God because they're what? Then does he value them? No, he's like, how many understand there's a whole lot of people think you're nuts for being in church this morning when you could be sleeping in or or playing golf, or shopping, right? They think you're wasting your time. But it's only because they don't know what's important. If they knew what's important, they'd be somewhere. Is the Word of God precious? Is the anointing precious? Somebody say precious. Precious. Valuable. Valuable. But see, the more carnal you are, you don't even acknowledge it. You don't even recognize, like, I ain't got time for that. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Verse 15. But he that is spiritual judges. Actually that word is discern all things. But he himself is discerned of no man. Now uh, there's a whole lot there. But anyway spiritual people desire spiritual things. And they value spiritual things more than natural. Carnal people uh, would 
they, they go after natural things more than they do spiritual things. Now go back to our, our place there. Where were you? In Matthew? Is that where you were at? Matthew, you were in 13, I believe it was. And um, I tell you what, for time's sake, just go to uh, Matthew 22. In Matthew 22, beginning verse 1, Jesus answered and spoken to them again by parables. And he said, The kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a certain king which made a marriage for his son. What are we supposed to be doing, according to our verse? Seeking the kingdom. What is the kingdom? What's the kingdom like? How does it operate? How does it function? Every one of these is giving us insight into what the kingdom is like. The kingdom of God is like that pearl of great price. When you find it, you realize what you found. And you go, glory to God, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. And you liquidate. The cost cannot be too great for you to get it and pursue it and have it. Sell everything you got. Lay aside everything you've planned. Throw it all aside. To get this and keep this and do this. And he goes on to say here it's like a certain king that made a marriage for his son. In verse 3, he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden or invited to the wedding. And they what? Now Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like this. So this is happening in the earth right now. That the kingdom of God exists. The kingdom of God is in us. And we're in the kingdom. But not everybody's in the kingdom. And God's not ruling over everybody's life. But is he inviting them? Is he saying come? All that are athirst come. Everybody come. He's inviting. But are many not accepting the invitation? He said behold I stand at the door and knock. Are there many who are not responding? And why? Why wouldn't they come? Because to them, it's not important. To them, it's not valuable. Carnal people, natural people, they desire natural things more than spiritual things. And isn't that exactly what you see, verse 4? Verse 4, he sent forth his servants, saying, so this this is another opportunity. They didn't respond, so he's telling them again, come on now, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatlings, everything's ready. I've spared no expense. I've made thorough and elaborate and excellent preparation. Everything's ready. Everything's set. Was this a big thing to the Lord who's prepared the the thing? Is it big to him? Now see, that's all you need to know, right? If it's important to him, you don't need to know the rest of the details. It's just be there with bells on, right? Be there. Don't be late. Be there. That's all you need to know. If it's important to him. If he says it's valuable. And uh, he said I've prepared it. Everything's ready. Come. He's already told them. And they didn't listen. So he's telling them again. Come. Come on. Verse 5. And they did what? They did what? Made light of it. Now in the Bible, 
This is the same meaning as the word despise. Doesn't mean quite the same thing in our modern vernacular, but in the Bible when it says so-and-so despised something, we think detest, but that's not what it means. I mean, that could be included. Ignoring something can be despising it because you're treating it like it's worth nothing. Despising would be devaluing. It's not even important enough for me to spend any time or make any effort towards. Honoring something has to do with valuing it. It's from the meaning of the word heavy. And in those days, you didn't just pull out your credit card and you didn't just give people paper. If you wanted something that was really expensive... You had to get out the heavy stuff, the silver, the gold, and you had to pile enough of it up on that pan, on the scale, to weigh out what it cost to get that thing. And so the more precious it was, the heavier price, literally, you had to pay to get it. Well, they're counting it unimportant. They made light of it and they went their ways One to his farm, another to his merchandise. Keep reading. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. If you look at Luke 14, don't turn there, but Luke's account, he goes into talking. One of them says, I just got some new oxen and I got to prove them. One of them says, hey, I just got married and I can't come. This and that. Wonder if that's going on today. Why? What's going on? To carnal people, what's more important? Business, equipment, family. You must have said family? Yeah. Because it's your family. <laughs> putting your family first is not the same as putting God first. Putting your family and your kids first can be the same as putting yourself first. Because they're your kids. That went over like a lead balloon. People say, well, my family comes first. Well, then God doesn't. God's not first. He He never told you to put your family ahead of him. And besides that, if you put your family first, what are you teaching your kids? You're teaching them to put themselves first, not God. Put their kids first ahead of God. And you're really preparing them for failure. There can only be one, number one spot, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. They, we shouldn't just look at this from a scholastic standpoint. Put yourself in these guys' place. I know you'd like to think, no, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) But the truth is, most of us have done some of this. At some time or other. Here the Lord calls on you. To be involved in his things. And for some reason. You don't have time. You're not available. Your stuff is not available. Why would that be true? Because your stuff. Is more important to you. Than his things. And you hear this. People say well. I worship God in my own way. 
I serve God in my own way. You hear people say, well, I, I don't believe in organized religion. Me neither. But I worship God, I honor God, I serve God in my own way is contradictory to Jesus being Lord in your life. If he's Lord in your life, you don't do it your own way. You do it his way. And so you got people that don't go to church. People that won't give. They got the things of God are not important enough for them to tithe or put any money into it, much less any time or effort. They just got no time for it. People say, well, I, I just feel close to God out in the woods. <laughs> Wonderful. But Sunday morning during church time is the only time you can pray in the woods? <laughs> when the scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, you're not honoring God by doing it your way. You're dishonoring him by devaluing what he said and considering it optional for you. There was a word that came forth. Uh, actually, the Lord, it was the turn in my spirit, the end of week of increase. He had talked to us all week about faithfulness. And the word had to do that there were a number of people our, our folks, us, that had not been faithful in recent times. And were if they didn't make some changes, they were in danger of losing some things. You know, anything you stop valuing, you're in danger of losing. Your spouse, your, your kids, your, your place in church, your place at work, anything you grow to despise to where you treat it like it's nothing, it's not important, you're in danger of losing it. That's just a law, principle. But the Lord also said that there were a number of people who had been faithful, and if they would continue, they're going to be added to. They're going to be promoted. They're going to have more resources under their hand. They're going to have more opportunity than they ever have. Well, I guess it's up to us which group we're going to be in, huh? And it comes back to the words that are on top of the uh, stage here. Uh, from 1 Samuel 2, 29 and 30, where he said, those that honor me, I will honor. But those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now, uh, I've taught on these things for decades. Those of you that have been around me know that. It's been something that's near and dear. When I was a teenager, I was drawn to books and things about honor, whether it was tribal Native American stuff or you know I was in the martial arts and, and, and they talked about some of those things and, and uh, I was drawn to it and then when I began to get in the word as a young boy and I read about David and his mighty men and, and the honor of God that he understood and knew as a boy I sat in a chair tears on my, my, my face while I read it something touched me so deep and so strong and to this day I'm not a big crier but when you get to talking about the honor of God, it touches me in a way it's hard for me to explain. And I know I'm touching something that's deep in God. That's who he is. And it's what he is. In fact, the same words translated honor, translated glory. The glory of God. The honor of God. It's who he is. It's what he is. And uh, 
going to the Africa on this trip, I was stirred and inspired by seeing the people. And you know, I know a lot of people don't understand some of these things, but it's because our generation, especially in the West here, we're hurting in this area. We're suffering from the rebellion and aftermath of the 60s. Now we've got multiple generations that have grown up and don't know a thing about respect and honor. Anything's okay. Everything's all right. Nothing's to be treated as special and as important. And that's not God. I said, that's not God. That's contrary to the things of God. And I was thinking on the, on the way in. You know, these people were so respectful and so kind. And, but I didn't feel like they're making a big deal out of Keith. I know they love me and respect me, but that's not the sense that you had through everything that was going on. They were making a big deal out of God. They were making a big deal out of the Word. They were making a big deal out of the anointing, out of the Spirit, out of the meeting, what God was doing in the church and what God was doing in the city. And how many think we ought to pull out the stops, right? And it ought to be no cost too great, right? Why? We found the pearl of great price. We found it. We ought to be happy, happy, joyful to spend and be spent to get this and do this because this is what matters. Because think about it. If If you're talking about... Well, you know, we don't want to make too much of flesh because flesh is flesh. But if somebody's called, who called them? If somebody's anointed, whose anointing is that? If if somebody got revelation, God gave them revelation of the word, whose revelation is that? Whose word is that? So see, you're not just making a big deal out of a man or a woman. You're making a big deal out of God. And a lot of people might say, well, that's not my culture. That's not my culture. You're not going to see me bowing around like that and, and talking like that. Well, okay, okay. Cultures are different. But if you don't show it like that, how do you show it? And where do you show it? And when do you show it? And that's when people, you hear them say, well, God knows my heart. Actually, he does. <laughs> And that's not always good. (laughs) People say, well, I I do it in my own way. And that's a bunch of baloney. Come on, are you listening to me? It's just not true. How many remember the scripture, 1 John? If you say you love God and you don't love your brother, what's the the conclusion? You are a liar. You don't love God. Because if you love God, it would be demonstrated in love for your brother. And so it just doesn't work for you to say, of course, that's convenient to say, well, I, I honor God in my own way, in my own heart. God knows. That's just between me. Well, that's convenient that nobody knows except you and him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not true. If you really honor God, it is going to be shown in honor for his people, for his things, for his church, for his word, for his anointing. Come on, are you listening? And you will have time to get there and to be there. And you'll put your money in it and your time and your effort. And those that honor him, he will honor. The truth is, millions just don't care enough about his things to even leave the house and come to church. 
That's the truth. His things are just not important to him. They're carnal, carnal. And so their car and their house and their hobby is more important to them than the things of God. That's the truth. That's reality. I just want to read some scripture. You don't need to turn to these. Let me just read them to you because I want to just reinforce. This is not my opinion nor yours. This is a principle that runs strong throughout the whole word of God. I'm going to read them to you just one after another. Matthew 10 and 40. Matthew 10 and 40. Matthew 10 and 40, Jesus said, He that receives you, receives me. Who's he talking to, he that receives you? That's the the disciples, right? Did they do everything right and perfect? He's talking about Peter. Stuck his foot in his mouth frequently. Right? Talking about Thomas, who was negative as could be. Well, let's go die with him. (laughs) I won't believe it unless I see it. And yet he says, if you receive Thomas, you receive me. Is this true or not? If you receive Peter, James, John, you receive me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. And if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Does it affect what you get out of the ministry according to how you receive it? How much respect you give to it? Absolutely. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man receives a righteous man's reward. Whoever will give a drink of uh, unto one of these little ones, a cup of cold water only in the name of disciple. Why? Because of whose they are. Because in doing that for them, you're honoring him. Now, friend, let me say this, and we'll touch on it further as we go. You may not be able to appreciate and respect everything a man or woman is and does. They're flesh like you. They don't know everything. They can make mistakes. They can mess up. But you must respect the place God has given them. And the call of the ministry, or elsewise, you fail to respect God himself. And if you disrespect the place because of a mistake or the flesh that the man or woman has made, you're directly disrespecting God. I know a lot of folks haven't seen this, but is it scripture or not? He that receives the one I sin, receives me. Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 57, when Jesus talked about some things, they were offended in him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet's not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Jesus wasn't valued and respected among his own people. Did it affect his ministry? Verse 58 there. He did not many mighty works there. Because of their unbelief, he couldn't do it there. Didn't say he didn't do it. He didn't do it there because of the way they didn't receive him there. They didn't respect him. They didn't honor him. In uh, Matthew 25 and 40, won't read the whole thing, but you know he was he was talking about if you visited somebody and and when they're sick or when they're in prison, or you you helped them, or clothed them, or fed them. Verse 40, the king will answer and say, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. And in verse 45, Inasmuch as you didn't 
do it. You did it not to the least of these. You did it not to me. Now I know a lot of people say. Well this refers to Jewish people. And uh, I, I don't accept that interpretation of this passage. And if you do. If you, we can agree to disagree. Because on other occasion. Jesus to my knowledge. Never referred to folks. Because of their DNA. As his brethren. He did say when his own mom and brothers were standing outside the door, he looked around inside and said, those who hear the word of God and do it, these are my brothers. Right? And um, when on the road to Damascus that uh, Saul met Jesus and he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Was he taking it personally in that he had done it to uh, the church? He had done it against him. He wasn't talking about Jewish people. He's talking about the church. Is that true or not? No. Inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, Jesus takes it personally. How we treat those that are his. His called. His anointed. John 5.23 says that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. And finally, John 13, 20. John 13, 20. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receives whomsoever I send receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. If you receive the one he sends, you receive him. If you don't receive the one he sent, you don't receive him. Our love, our respect, our honor for God is shown directly by our dealings with each other. Shown or not shown. And we have, uh, there's been demonstrations of this. I mean, you're here. You're not somewhere else this morning. You're here. And so many of you have served on teams and you've sown and you've prayed and you've given and you've worked. But how many believe we could take it even another step? We could, do you believe we could? We could, me, you, we could come on up and we could, it, does this affect our future directly? What, what happens for those that honor him? They that seek first his kingdom and righteousness, all these things will be added to them. Go to 1 Samuel, this verse we keep referring to. 1 Samuel and the second chapter. Now the only reason you'd be sober about this is if you wasn't planning on honoring him. (laughs) Right? If you've already decided, nah, I got too much going on. I don't have time for him and his stuff. Well, that's then you got a right to be sober. But if you're planning on putting him first and honoring him, you got a right to rejoice Amen. because we're coming up. That's right. hmm? We're coming up. Can you sense things are changing? They're, we're in a time and season of transition now, out of one thing into the other. And there will always be Christians who are just not interested in any kind of commitment. They'd like to come and hear a good message, and be encouraged on how to live their life, but don't ask for anything else. Come and go. Come and go. Don't say anything about giving. Don't say anything about service. Don't say anything about living right. None of that. Just, you know, 
I'll come. You give me a boost shot and I'll go. We'll be happy. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. (laughs) That's what we pay you for, preacher, to be spiritual. (laughs) Well, but that's not how the Lord sees it. And that's not the Bible. And he said, if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you everything. Didn't he say that? It's going to cost you everything. If you're going to be my disciple and you're going to follow me fully. But as we were talking and shouting about Friday night, is it worth whatever cost that it might be? I mean, the cost not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. And this whole thing is fading so fast. How many know that you're in my life is just about to be over? I know the Lord said this to me just a few weeks ago. He said, Keith, you need to live every day like you are almost out of time. He said, because you are. I said, Brother Keith, you think you're going to die? If the Lord tears is coming about that much longer, I know I am. You too. Everybody else in the room. If I live another 50 years, it's going to come and go like that. Should we be living like we're almost out of time? Because we are. We are. We are. I know by the Spirit of God right now, there's a number of people in this room sitting right here right now. They won't be on the earth next year. Sitting in this room right now. Won't be on the earth next year. That's not to be upset and scared. Hundreds of thousands of people will leave the planet today. Happens every day. We talked about, if you're scared of death, get our series that the Lord gave us a while back on victory over death. And get over that. And get free. But, what if you realize, I got less than 12 months on this earth. Would you live any different? (laughs) Would you? Reckon your priorities might skew and change a little bit, huh? You might begin to realize, that's not important. That's not important. What is important? The pearl. The pearl. The pearl of great price. Hmm. Say it out loud. Pray it out loud. In sincerity. Father God. Help me to realize. How short my time is. Help me to realize. What's important. And what's not important. What's precious and what's worthless. In Jesus' name. Amen. So be it. So be it. So be it. (laughs) I'm looking forward to leaving. But I don't want to leave early. I want to do everything we're supposed to do. I want to run my race. I want to finish my course. Right, don't you? Don't you? Well, we must not get bogged down in 10 and 20 year periods of haze where we just get up, go to work, come home. Get up, go to work, come home. Wash the dishes, load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher, load the dryer, unload the dryer, wash your hair, comb your hair, go to bed, get up. And then act like you're going to do this for the next thousand years. Because you're not. Soon and very soon, there's going to be no more dishwasher and no more hair dryer. Come on, are you listening? <laughs> Your body will just need one outfit. 
Somebody else will take care of that for you. Right? <laughs> and you won't even be here. I said, you won't, you won't care. You won't even be here. You'll be out of here. But how many things? Somebody said, man, I'd, I'd leave now. Don't be in such a rush. You are in this earth for such a time as this. You are not here by accident. Don't let the devil lie to you. You have something to contribute. Whether you're doing it or not. You have abilities and graces in you. Don't despise them. There are ways you can help. Believers, the church, the kingdom. There are things you can do. Don't despise. Even if they seem small. There are things you can do. And you want to do it with all your might. As long as you're drawing the breath. And motivating down here. Until you get out of here. And how many think after you do. You'll be so glad you didn't just waste all your time. But you did something that mattered. And something that lasted. Hallelujah. You know Paul said. In Galatians 4. I'm reading the complete Jewish Bible. Galatians 4.14. He said even though my physical condition. Tempted you to treat me with scorn. You did not display any sign of disdain. Or disgust. You welcomed me. As if I had been an angel of God. As if I had been the Messiah. Yeshua himself. He said, you receive me like an angel of God. You receive me like the Lord himself. Even though, now some people have tried to say he was sick and this and that. No, the man had just been stoned. Just been stoned. And how many know in stoning, what's the primary target? The head. They thought they killed him. And we know he didn't, I know God raised him up. But we shouldn't assume that all of his wounds were just instantly and completely healed. Because later on he said, I bear in my body the marks. Well, that's scars from healing up. And so no doubt, man, his head was probably swelled twice its size. His eyes were bloody and red shot and his nose and everything else. And he preached to them in this condition. And he said, even though I didn't look like an angel, I, I wasn't pretty at all. And you could have said, I can't even look at him. He's too hard to look at. He said, in spite of that, you received me like an angel of the Lord. Why? They weren't just making a big deal out of Paul. They were making a big deal out of the one that sent Paul, that called Paul, that anointed Paul. They were honoring God. Come on, can you see it? They were honoring God. And in doing so, they received the Lord and received what he said. Are you there in 1 Samuel? In closing, I think. Hallelujah. How many have a heart and a desire to honor the Lord more than you ever have? Do you? More than you ever have. In 1 Samuel 2 and verse 29, God had privileged and honored Eli and his family and his sons with the priesthood. And it was given to them in perpetuity. Their descendants after them were to continue to serve generation after generation. But Eli's sons became corrupt and they changed the ordinances that God gave them about how to conduct themselves and how to receive the offerings and they were having affairs with the women and they were stealing the money and they were just how many understand doing that what are you proving 
You're treating God's things like they're worth nothing. You're treating his words like they don't matter. You're treating his things like they're not important. And so God warned Eli to correct his boys and get a hold of them. And he didn't do it. And in process of time, the Lord said here, Why kick you at my sacrifice and my offering which I've commanded in my habitation? And you honor your sons above me. See, Eli made a very bad choice in choosing not to correct his sons and, if necessary, put them out of the ministry. Somebody said, that's harsh. It would have been easier than them dying and getting judged, right, later on. In doing that, he's honoring his family and his kids more than he's honoring God. Now, yes, you're to love your kids. And you love your spouse. And you love your family. And do what you know to take care of your family. But you're not supposed to honor your family above God. You're to honor the poor. And bless the poor. But you're not supposed to honor the poor above God. He said, why are you doing this? Honoring your sons above me. Verse 30. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. That was the will and plan of God. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. Can you lose the honor and privilege and place God gave you by doing what? By despising it. Acting like it's not worth anything. Acting like it's not important. Doesn't mean anything. Oh, I'll go if I want to. I don't have time. Now, I know I, we've shared a few things along this line. Are you with me? Do you understand what a a drought our nation is in in this area? Our nation is hurting in this area. We've got kids that grew up with parents that had parents that were never taught honor and never taught respect. And they don't respect their teachers or their coaches. People don't respect their employers. They don't respect their pastors. I was at a church uh, a while back and uh, I was uh, talking with the pastor. It was important. And I got interrupted 15 times by nothing, junk. Anybody and their brother thought they could come and interrupt us and talk about anything and do anything. And they actually hindered what God was doing. And I didn't feel like I could say anything to the pastor. He didn't seem to see anything wrong with it. They obviously had not a clue what they were doing. These things are hindered. And a lot of times people don't realize, why don't we have meetings like this? And why don't we have moves like this? And they don't realize they haven't respected what God has given them. They've treated it like it's nothing. And so you don't qualify for more. But the ones, the Lord's talking to us about this during the week of increase, wasn't he? Same kind of thing. Why? Not to reprove us, not to make us feel bad. Well, if you need reproof, yeah, you can take some. But, but it's, it's because he wants to give us more. Come on, can you see this? But you don't cast your pearls before swine. What does that mean? Pigs don't appreciate pearls. They don't know the difference between pearls and pebbles. They'll trample them in the mud just like they will a rock. They don't know the difference. So you'd be foolish if you gave them pearls. 
Well, God's not going to give us precious things and we don't even value what we got now. We'll have to step up. I said we'll have to step up. How many believe the Spirit of God is saying to us, stir up, step up, right? Do you believe that? And come up. Come up. And he said, I'm not, I'm not going to let people that despise my things like this and got no time and don't care about it. I'm not going to let them continue. Even though that was my plan, I gave it to them. But now they've disqualified themselves because they don't, they don't value it. They don't honor it. Read the rest of it. What did he say? Be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Who in here has time for God? I want to know. Are you sure? Oh, you're so busy. You're busy. You got work. You got school. You got sports. You got. Who in here has time for God? I want to know. You got time for God? Are you sure? How about your talents and skills that God has given you? Would you use them for the Lord? Would you use them for the Lord? Your treasure. How about your treasure? Can you spare some of your treasure? How many of we ought not give him the leftovers? We ought to give him the first part. Is that right? First, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase and your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. How many think we ought to treat God's things in a certain way? I know uh, back years ago, I just thought I was through. I'm not through. I got a story to tell you. You got time? If this is important to you, you got time. If something else is more important to you, you need to really look at it, don't you? Huh? How many understand fried chicken is not more important than anointed word in Revelation? (laughs) Carnal people. Now, Now you laugh, but there's a lot of people. They will pick fried chicken and a biscuit over a word from God. They will. And they'll do it every time. And not make an apology. And their life will be so empty and so shallow and so small. And it'll be over in a flash. And they'll wake up only too late to realize there was more to life than chicken and biscuits. (laughs) Or there could have been. (laughs) Spiritual people love spiritual things more. They'll use vacation days. They'll spend savings. They will get up early. They will travel to the, across the earth. They will stay late. Come on, are you with me? Why? Because this is of great value to them. This is precious to them. Because it's not just a man or woman or a church or a service. It's God's anointing. God's revelation. God's word. God's things. I was uh, in a meeting up north. This has been ooh, 25 years ago. And I, I wasn't thinking anymore about this fellow and about his church that was a thousand miles away. And while I'm praying, the Lord brings this man to me. He's a pastor. I know him. And he said, his vehicle doesn't please me. I thought, really? I didn't have a clue what he had or didn't have. I had, didn't have any idea. 
Does God care about these things or not? Yes. He does, but it's for reasons some folks haven't realized. It's not just about transportation. And uh, I thought, well, Lord, okay. <laughs> he said his vehicle doesn't please me. It's inadequate. I thought, Lord, do you care about it? I care about it. What, what can I do? We had just gotten our first little airplane. It's a little single engine, little small, small airplane. And I had just got where I could fly it by myself. We'd been out of town for weeks. He said, when you get home, you get in that little airplane I just gave you. And you go over there. And he'll find out you're in town. And he'll ask you to speak. When he does, you say yes. And this is what I want you to speak on. Sure enough, happened just that way. I went over there. He found out I was there. He called where I was. He said, you going to be in town over the weekend? I said, yeah. Just played dumb, you know. <laughs> he said, would you speak for me on Sunday? I said, well, if you want me to. And he said, he said yeah. <laughs> And the passage the Lord gave me to speak was in Ephesians where it said, And the Lord gave gifts unto men. Wow. And it talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Are these gifts? Yes. How should you treat a gift from God? And the Lord showed me this. He said, Now, He said, You have, this is the, I don't mean I heard a voice. Now, all this came up in my heart to my mind, enlightening me, and I knew it was Him talking to me. He said, you have two watches there at the house. I got more than that now, thank the Lord. Back there, I had one that was a rubber Timex that I would swim in. And another one, Brother Copeland had given it to me. It was a pilot's watch, and it was a nice one. And I had a little special box I put it in. Now, I didn't wear it all the time. He said, you'll come in, you'll take that rubber Timex, and you'll throw it on the counter. It'll bounce off and hit the floor. (laughs) You don't even care. He said, but that other watch, you take that, and you fasten it, and you wipe it off, and you put it in a little box. You put it, you got a place right there for it. What am I doing? Am I treating them differently? Why am I treating them differently? This one, I barely value. Well, I think we paid $12 for it when it was new, and that was a long time ago. (laughs) This one, not just that it was expensive and it was nice, but it was also who it came from and and how it came. It was important to me because it meant something to him and it meant something to me. I I still got that watch, too. And uh, he said, you have a special place for it. You put it in a nice place. And you take care of it in a certain way because you value it. And you tell them, you tell the people in that church that I gave them these gifts. And if they don't value them, I can easily send them somewhere else. He said, and you tell them that I'm not pleased with his vehicle. And if they don't want to do anything about it, you will. I thought, I will? He said, yeah, you will. I said, okay, I will. And I I brought my check for part of it, hoping they would get it. (laughs) But knowing that if they don't, I'm supposed to believe for the rest. But praise God, you're only hearing part of the message. I, I wasn't hard and mean with them. I gave them what I believe the Lord gave me. And before it was over, man, that bunch rose up and they they put him 
in the very nice, very, and not long after that, they built him a new house too. Glory to God. And they're still there, and that place has flourished. I mean, and at the end of the service, the word of the Lord came to me. And the Lord said, now, you've put him in a new car, and he said, the next time you return, talking about me, next time you come back, there'll be a lot of new cars in the parking lot. Talking about the people. Well, that's the ways of God, isn't it? Why? Because it wasn't about making a big... And and the man, he's such a good man, and him and his wife, they didn't care. They would have drove an old piece of junk till the wheels fell off, but God cares. And if you don't honor his things and his people, you're not honoring him. And if you don't honor him, you won't be honored. It's not just about preachers. It's about believers. It's about the church. It's about the ministry. Every part of the things of God. Those that honor me, I will honor. Stand on your feet, everybody. I want you to pray this out loud and say this out loud with me if you believe it, if you agree with it in your heart. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud, Father God. You are precious to me. Your anointing. Your spirit. Your call, your gifts, your word, your revelation, everything of yours, I say by faith, I choose that it is most valuable, most precious to me. Forgive me for any time and place that I didn't act like it. Or I demonstrate it otherwise. I repent. And I say that's not my heart. My heart. Is to honor you. And I know the way I do that. Is honoring those you send. Honoring all your things. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands. Let's begin to praise him. Just focus on him. Eyes on him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see that, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't want to see anybody miss out. I don't want to see anybody lose out. There needs to be some adjustment. Keep your eyes closed. Please don't look at me. There's some folks. The Lord told you some things and you ignored them. He told you real plain. Some by his spirit. Some through your leaders that you say you respect. And yet you completely ignored it. You just treated it like it was nothing. You threw it out and went and did something totally different. And it's been costing you. It's been hurting you. You got to change. If you want to come out, if you want it to be right, you have to value what he said. Because it wasn't, it wasn't just them that said it. It was him that said it. It was he that gave it to you. Hallelujah. Said out loud, Lord, bring to my remembrance. Please. Everything you've said to me. Anything I didn't listen to. Anything I didn't realize was you. Anything I rejected, I ask you please, show me again 
Tell me again. I choose to respect it this time. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hear these words too. Greater flow. That's what all this is about. Greater flow. Greater manifestations. Greater revelation. Greater flow. Somebody say greater flow. Greater fruit. Hallelujah. Greater flow. Greater flow. Stronger anointing. Stronger manifestation of the presence of God. Stronger light. Stronger peace. Stronger joy. Stronger anointing on the job. Stronger anointing on your life. Because your honor came up and the flow came up. Your honor came up and the anointing came up. Your honor came up and the revelation came up. And the freedom came up. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.